This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 26, starting with verse 30. And I love the way this uh, verse starts. He says, set up the tabernacle according to the plan shown on you by shown uh, you on the mountain, meaning meaning what he's saying is set the tabernacle up the way the plan is. And it seems so simple. It is a simple instruction. If you look at it, it is genuinely a simple instruction. What God's saying is, I've given you the plan, execute the plan, do what I've told you to do. Uh, I've told you exactly how to do it. I've told you what goes into every aspect of the plan. I've given you the plan. Now it's time for you to execute the plan. Do it and, and do it the way I showed you on the mountain. Do it the way it was shown to you on the mountain. Seems real easy, but it's never really easy for us, is it? It's really not. God wants us to prosper. He wants us to know him. He wants us to have his best. But oftentimes... We go in with a preconceived notion as to the plan. And when God gives us the actual plan, we divert immediately from that plan to our preconceived notion of the plan, or we just don't even listen to the plan. And even if God is showing it to us clearly, maybe in the spiritual, maybe he's showing it to you clearly as you can see things that are happening around you, you see the plan happening, God at work right there in the middle of it, everything. And then when you leave, you still execute the plan according to the way you want it to be and not the way God showed it, showed them to execute it. You go out and you do your will rather than God's will. And that's really the key to this whole, this whole thing that we have with God. There is God's will, and then there is not God's will. And when we do God's will, things prosper. Things work the way God planned them to work. And when we do not God's will, they work according to what's going to happen when you're outside of God's will. And they're going to execute this plan pretty well in the wilderness. Now, how often they execute the plan, and in fact, how well they actually keep up with the plan down the road is to be questioned. In fact, down the road, you're going to find out that they even forget where the tabernacle is. Before they build the temple, before David is king, they don't even have the Ark of the Covenant with them. They don't even know where it's at. They're not even doing anything that has anything to do with what God told them to do. And he told them, when you go into the land, you're supposed to get rid of all the people and you're supposed to get rid of all their gods so that you won't chase after and worship their gods. But boy, they don't execute that plan. What God says is, he says, make a curtain of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn 
and finely twisted linen, the cherubim woven into it by skilled workers. Remember, that's where we started. He's saying, make these curtains, because remember, there's a tarp over the top, and it's really, it's really like a tent over the top, and then the tabernacle is underneath that tent. And what is the tabernacle? The tabernacle is walls made of curtains, and that's really what it is. It is perfect for the desert. It's perfect for the heat. It's perfect for the atmosphere that they're in. It is exactly perfect for, their, for them to meet with God. So he says, make a curtain of blue purple, just like he told them for. Hang it with gold hooks on four posts of acacia wood, overlaid with gold and standing on four silver bases. Notice you got the silver of his uh, redemption. You've got the gold of his royalty. You've got the, these curtains, which are a picture of the covering. It's a picture of uh, covering of sin. And they're beautiful. They're made of blue, purple, and scarlet, which all speak to God's active work in the universe. Uh, he's saying, do it exactly what I told you. Hang the curtains from clasp and place the Ark of the Covenant of the law behind the curtain. So there's going to be a small little area within this tabernacle where they are going to, they're going to, they're going to place the Ark and it's going to be secluded away from everyone else because it is the presence of God. And, we, and, and God doesn't want that presence to break out on them when they're not doing according to his will. So he says, I've got a holy of holies that I want you to make. I've got a place I want you to place the Ark of the Covenant so that when you're not doing my will, it doesn't destroy you. And boy, we need that, don't we? We need a place for when we don't do God's will, that God's not just going to, his, his holiness just breaks out and destroys us. And he says, hang the curtains from the clasp and place the Ark of the Covenant behind the curtain. The curtain will separate the holy place from the most holy place. So you've got an you've got a area outside of the Holy of Holies, and then you've got the most holy place, which is the Holy of Holies. He says, put the atonement cover on the Ark and the covenant law in the most holy place. So we're supposed to take the ark and the law, and the law goes into the ark. The, ta the tablets go into the ark and place it in the most holy place. Place the uh, table, now the table outside, the curtain on the north side, and the tabernacle, and put the lampstand opposite the south side. What do we have? We got two rooms. We got a room outside that's got the table with the showbread and the table with the uh, lamp, and then we got the holy of holies. Why are they separated? Because, look, you have to hear and see Jesus to know the plan, to know what God's will is. You can't know God's will just naturally on your own. Your innate, your innate nature does not give you God's will ever. It doesn't. It just doesn't do it. Your innate nature doesn't give you God's will. You can't surmise it, derive it, anything else from yourself or from or just from creation. You can know that God exists by observing creation, but you can't know his, his, his divine will from creation. You can denote that God, that this had to be made by a divine planner. You could, that's what Romans chapter one says, but you can't know God's plan outside of two things, outside of his son, which is the culmination of his plan, Jesus. And why do we, then how do I know Jesus? He is the word made flesh. So I have to know him by his word. And then how do I, how do in my, my limited non-God knowing nature, how do I take that right there and I understand how Jesus relates to God's will?
The Holy Spirit reveals that to you. The Holy Spirit tells you how it works. And without the Holy Spirit, you can't know. You can't know Jesus. He said, it's necessary that I go so that he comes. Why? Because without him, we just really, even when you see Jesus doing all the great things he does, even his disciples, when they saw him and recognized all, that he was God and recognized that he was doing great things, they still were choosing their will over his. He told them four times, I'm going to I'm going to Jerusalem, hand over Gentiles, be beaten, crucified, dead, raised again on the third day. He's telling them over and over again. Notice he's telling them over and over and over again. And what are they saying? No, that's not the plan. That's not the plan. I, I, I just, I, it is so hilarious to me how that's how we are. God can just give us his son right there in front of us. And he tell us from his mouth that this is the plan. And we go, that's not the plan. Yeah, it is. But until the Holy Spirit reveals that in a powerful way in our hearts that makes us recognize that is God's plan and choose it until that happens, we don't follow God's plan. We, we don't do it. We do our own thing. I tell the story all the time. Many t I've told it uh, a couple of times at, I'm sure, at our church, maybe only once. But uh, the first time I ever went to see Alabama play their opening game at, at the stadium in Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, the first time I ever went, we, my, my wife's sister and brother-in-law lives in Dallas. And so we go, and they, it's, a big, it's the first time Alabama's played out there in Dallas. So all the Alabama fans are going out there. It's a big game. They were playing, I think they were playing USC that game, or it may have been Wisconsin and then USC. I think it was. It's Wisconsin they were playing that game. And we get out there and everybody's partying. They're all having a great time. And we're having a good time because we're going to the game and we're going to see the game. And we're with her uh, Kathleen's family and her nieces and her niece and nephew and their kids and seeing all of them. It's a great weekend. Anyway, we get up and so we get everybody's partying early all the people that we're going with. And when I say everybody, I'm talking about a bus load. I'm talking about there's 40 or 50 riding this bus. And we get we get there, get on the bus, picks us up, takes us about 30 miles into Dallas to the stadium. And the stadium drops it off. And, and David says, I'm going to drop you a pin, which means I'm going to put a place mark on, on, on Google Maps or something like that. And wherever the, wherever the bus is, that's where we're going to be. And that's where that pin's going to be. And so we go to the game, get there early, walk around the stadium. We do the whole thing. It's like a bowl game. We do the whole thing. And then then we go in, watch the game, Alabama whoops Wisconsin. We're just half to death. By second half, it's all over with. Most of the people that were on the bus, in fact, almost all of them, maybe in fact all but me and Kathleen and a few others, were just totally in the back. They were totally drunk from the game. And so the bus is parked down a street, down the road, and it's behind a hill that it's so it's hidden. And so when people, when we go to the bus, we get there and there's only five or 10 people because everybody's trying to use this map while they're drunk going to the game. And we decide to send out search parties to find everybody. And so I'm a, I'm my own search party. And I go out there and I go out there looking for the people to get them back on the bus so that we can go home because by then it's dark. And we need to get home and we need to get everybody. And so I'd walk around and I'd see people because I'd met them the night before. And I met them that morning going to the game. I knew a lot of the people that were there. I didn't know them personally, but I knew them and they knew I was Julie's brother-in-law. And so I'd go up to him. I'd say, Hey, I'm with David and Julie. The bus is over there. 
but they were so inebriated that their mind was fogged from alcohol that they'd go, that's not what the, this map says. And they're looking at their map and they're just wandering around. And I would yell to them, come on over here. The bus is over here. The bus is not over there. The bus is, no, it's over here. And they just keep walking in the other direction. And I'd just follow them until they got to the place where they thought the bus was. And I'd say, come on, the bus is over here. Now, that bus is not over there. And then finally, I'd get one of them to follow me. And they'd holler at us, come on. And then, like herding cats. And then I'd get them to the bus. And, and then I'd go out and find another group of people to get on the bus. And they thought they knew what the plan was because they thought they had it. But until someone came and said, no, that's not how you do it. you got to do it this way. you got to come over here. They were just going to wander around all night long. I guess we'd have just wandered around all night long until finally they looked up and found the bus, maybe two, three, four in the morning when it was eight o'clock at night, because they just wandered around not listening to people who actually knew what was going on. We do that so much when we deal with God. We don't do what God tells us to do because we're not listening to the Holy Spirit. We think we know the plan. And in fact, we think we have an input into the plan. But the truth is you really don't. You don't have an input into it. It's God's divine plan. And the truth is until the Holy Spirit comes and reveals it to you, you can't know it. You can't know what God's plan is. You, you, God's got to show it to you. And so that's why you have to be a seeker. You have to be a seeker after God's will. And that means you have to uh, search for it within God's word because nothing happens uh, outside of uh, God's full revelation, which is Jesus in his word. So the plan is not going to happen outside of that. And then the plan's not going to happen. The plan's not going to happen in any possible way, in any way. It's not going to happen until it is revealed to you by his spirit. And you have to be able to look at the plan book and then go to the one who has been sent to tell us the plan and how it works out in that book and also personally in our lives. And you have to do it. And if you don't do it, you never, ever really find the place to get started. And it says, verse 36, for the interest of the tents made a curtain, blue, purple, scarlet yarn, finely twisted, the work of an embroider, make uh, gold hooks for the curtain and five posts of acacia wood overlaid with gold and cast five bronze bases for them. And that's for the gate. That's for the, the entrance to the tent. Because it always starts out with bronze being judgment. It always starts out with God showing us by his divine truth and judgment what is right and wrong. And until we decide we're going to give in to that and, can, and quit doing things according to our own will and our own way, until we do that, we're just going to spend a lot of our lives wandering around trying to find the bus because we think we have some insight into it, some minor, small insight, but because we can't see it, see the bus, and because we're so fogged by the world and fogged by our own plans and our own designs, we don't understand even how to look at the map and see the pen where the bus is. We just don't know how to do it. And until we engage God in the whole process, we don't find God's will in God's way. And so I'd say to you today that it is of the utmost necessity that you understand that God is the source of the plan and that you need to do it exactly as he says. 
and do not deviate from it and continue to do it until he gives you further instructions. And if you do that rightly, if we do that rightly, we find his best because we find his will and his will is where his best is. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name.